0: Welcome to the Sports Leadership Podcast, where leaders in sport get practical, relevant insight to help them take their leadership to the next level and become leaders worth following. Now for your hosts, Kevin DeShazo and Mark Hodgkin. Hello and welcome. Episode 24 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. I'm Mark Hodgkin along with Kevin Deshezo from Culture Wins Championships and Fieldhouse Media. And today we're going to talk a little bit about managing up. You know, this is an issue that comes up a lot in people's career. How do you manage and work alongside and uh, develop influence with your immediate superiors um, in your organization? I think it's definitely something that takes a little bit more little bit more savvy, a little bit more skilled than you know, leading down the chain. It's something that uh, takes a little bit of effort, takes um, some definitely some skill, and we're going to talk about that. So before we dive into that, though, Kevin, um, how is everything going in your world? It's been a while since we've talked on this uh, on this podcast.
1: It has been a while. We've we've been getting some questions on Twitter of, "Hey, we're all caught up. When's the next episode coming out?" So now we have we have listeners holding us accountable, which I, I I'm going to take that as a good thing. <laughs> uh, but it's been, been a busy season, busy semester. Been on the road quite a bit. Uh, finally home for a couple of weeks before heading back out on the road. Uh, but it's but it's been good. You know, a, a mix of of social media training with some programs and doing some leadership and, and culture building with some programs. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about. This topic because you're right it is something everyone's facing because very few of us are in the ceo chair or in the ad chair Um, we talk a lot about leading down a lot of leadership development is focused on how you lead people um, but the person above you is a person and so that relationship is is really key Um, so i hope this episode will be really impactful and really informational um, and helping people learn to lead those above them better Okay. So let's, uh,
0: let's jump right into it. Um, you know, Kevin, when you're out working with, uh, with partners and, and the groups that you work with, what are the, the questions that kind of come to mind um, when people ask about uh, managing up?
1: Yeah, I get quite a few. Um, and there's, there's across the spectrum of, I have a really bad boss. How do I, what am I supposed to do with that? How do I change them? How do I, do I need to leave others? You know, my boss could be great. Uh, but they just don't get it. They don't get what it's like on the other side of them. They're really disconnected from the team. and it's at the root of it, it's people who really want the best for their boss. but they're conflicted because they don't know the best way to approach that. they is is that undermining the authority of their boss by trying to lead them? Um, they just really don't know which angle to take because there's theres a different relational dynamic. you you have, some positional authority with the people below you that's obviously gone with the person above you and in fact it's a it's of course flipped but you do that with relational influence and relational authority Um, and so that's a it's a really key thing that that i don't think many people do well but there there is a a a unique opportunity there that people should be taking advantage of and should be intentional with to try to make help make their boss the best leader that they can be
0: yeah i mean you know when to have any success you have to get buy in for your ideas and one of those, you know, the best ways to do that is to have a good relationship with your boss. And, and I think everybody uh, listening probably has and undoubtedly will have both good bosses, uh, bad bosses, and bosses that are in between. So I, I think to me, one of the things that kind of jumps out to mind on this right away, um, and it's going to sound kind of it's a little bit of uh, tough love, I guess, but, you know, you really do have, owner. you have to take ownership yourself of this relationship with your boss. You know, if they don't get you, there is a, a lot that you can do and that you need to do to make them get you. Um, you know, so it's easy to, to kind of say, okay, my boss just doesn't get this. He doesn't understand. He doesn't, he doesn't care about this, but it, you know, it's very rare that, that somebody doesn't want his organization to succeed. Um, you know, so it's a matter of, of how you tell that story and how you um, what you can take onto yourself to, to do that.
1: Yeah. I think it's a great point in that we, we typically ignore the pressures that leaders are facing um, and we see a lot of their negatives or we point out a lot of their negatives. And, and for the sake of this episode, let we're ignoring, because um, it would be a completely different discussion, um, bosses who are abusive or unethical. Um, we're just talking about leaders who probably just lack self-awareness, um, who are un- unknowingly undermining themselves. So when we talk about a bad boss, that's what we're talking about. Other things require certainly a different, a different set of, of actions. But we don't realize the pressure that, that leaders are under. Um, and we can be a buffer them to our team, we can we can acknowledge the pressures that they're under. We can acknowledge that to our team. Say, hey, I know that he seemed short with you today. Not excusing his behavior, not excusing how she responded, um, but I also know this happened this morning, and that's that can be a root reason why. Um, to try to not not defend or excuse them, but to give some context into the pressures that they're under, um, the the what their job actually entails. Because for a lot of us, it, we we spend our days in the weeds. Well, leaders are facing; they have the pressure of every. <laughs> Um, area of the business on their shoulders. But I think to then be able to step in to to a conversation with the leader and say, hey, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot of stuff going on, but you just kind of blew up on this person or you just dismissed this person. I don't think you did it intentionally. You probably don't even realize you did it. Um, But here's how that is is playing out right now. Um, Just wanted to make you aware of it. And you can't have that conversation without a strong relationship to where they don't get defensive in that and thinking you're attacking them to say, oh, thank you. Uh, you're right. I didn't realize I did that. I need to go have a conversation um, to call them up, right? Instead of, instead of calling them out because we're always afraid to talk to the boss. Whenever they've done something wrong, we'll talk to everyone else but the boss. Um, and then the boss never gets better. Well, they can't get better if we don't if we don't approach them with it. But again, we have to approach that with them by only after we've built some relational influence.
0: Yeah, I think you touched on something uh, really important too about the, the maybe the limited information the limited assets the the multiple factors that always weigh on decision makers or bosses I think it comes down to the the fact that you as an employee really do need to learn as much as possible about kind of the big picture of your organization understand okay what are guiding principles as a as a a business or an organization or department you know what are the things that my boss is forced to to balance um, kind of taking that wide view because like you said you're in the weeds you have to be in the weeds. That's how operate these. You know, uh, organizations have to work. You have to to kind of execute some of the things. The boss has to take a wide view, but that doesn't mean that somebody who's lower on the food chain can't take uh, that big view as well to kind of understand. Okay, here's what my boss is dealing with. Here's what he's being tasked with by the board or his athletics director or his his boss. Everybody has a boss, right? So I think taking the initiative to understand that to look at big and small things through that lens is, is really critical too.
1: And, and ultimately that's what the boss wants, because what that does is that raises the level of leadership of everyone in the organization. When you can get out of your role and think bigger picture, number one, you're going to have more empathy for, for the leaders. But number two, you're going to see more clearly why your role matters and what needs to be done. And instead of going to the leader with problems all the time or complaining about everything, now you're starting to think big picture and so you can start to think solutions, which makes their job even easier, which will make them a better leader and a better manager because they're going to they're have more capacity um, as they start to raise up a team of problem solvers. And so I think that's a huge point of you have to look up and, and see, you may not understand fully right what their role is and everything that they're taking into consideration, but you can take on more. Um, you can, you can consider more and look at the big picture of the organization, the direction things need to be going, how your role plays a part in that, what things can be changed and how you can take ownership and take initiative of that. Not, not going to saying, Hey, what do you think about this? Cause I have enough to think about saying, Hey, I want to do this. Is that cool? And they're gonna say, yes, thank you for thinking of a solution and owning it and running with it. Um, those are two different conversations and, and increases your level of influence, um, with the boss.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so critical. I mean, I think I think one thing I've seen a lot, and I continue to notice, is how people take, um, how people use access to their boss. Um, and I think you just hit on one of the big pitfalls, one of the big mistakes that people will do. They'll try to get some FaceTime time, and it'll just be, "Hey, what do you think about so and so issue?" Realizing they have 800 other things that you know maybe are a little bit more important right now. So it's not that they don't care; they don't want that to be the right decision, but they might not. They might not have all the facts. For one, they need you to kind of come there with some some suggestions, put stuff in context, put the decision kind of in a bigger in a bigger picture. Like we just said, to to say, okay, here's I know we're thinking about this. Here's a decision point I have. Here's kind of where my head is. This is what I think. Um, do you support that that path? And that just makes such a big difference to somebody as opposed to an employee who comes in, you know, plops down on the on the chair across the desk and has, has a problem. You don't want to bring, um, at least in my opinion, um, you don't want to bring your problems to your boss. That's not to say you don't bring things that are affecting the big picture, that, that there are problems. And again, we have, you know, kind of a total different uh, conversation if there's unethical or unprofessional real bad things going on in the business that's a that's a different a different story but you want to come with solutions with ideas and not just um vague ideas of, of you know hey we could do this we could do that there's ideas are never the problem as far as um most things i always say that in my in my job right now doing product development and and a lot of that is strategizing with with our partners with our internal constituents with our external constituents and, and a lot of times it's, you know, hey, we, we should just brainstorm about this. There's definitely a place for that. But I find that, that coming up with ideas are not the the hard part. It's how do you execute them? How do you implement them? And how do you really focus on the right things? So I, I think that's another pitfall um, of people um, and maybe where some people fall down in this. Any other things that you think are, are common mistakes, Kevin,
1: that you see? Well, I think kind of to build on what you were saying is what, you know, most people go to the leader because they want something or they need something. I, I need this. What do you think of this? Can I have time for this? Um, and it's just another thing on their to-do list, another person that's needing something. Cause when you're, when you're in that top chair, even if it's, you may not be the AD, um, or the head coach, but you're, you're the head of a uh, marketing department, whatever it may be, your day is filled, filled with people needing things from you and with people that have problems they want you to solve. Well, if you can become a problem solver, um, you're, you're taking things off of their plate and you're making their life easier. So that's a question you have to be asking is what can I do to make their job and their life easier? They have pressures, they have expectations, they have um, all these people coming to them. Instead of coming to them saying, I need this. What if we went to our leader and said, Hey, how can I help you? Number one, nobody's asking them that, right? Hey, what, what, what can I take off your plate today? Um, if, if, if you could be proactive, say, Hey, let me take that off your plate even better. Um, but just to go to them and say, hey, I've got I've got some space today. Is there something I can I can do to help you out? I know you're, things are busy, whatever. Because what happens is leaders get spread so thin because everyone wants a piece of their time and nobody's getting the best time from the leader. And the leader has no capacity to think big picture because they're just putting out fires all the time. So you can say, hey, you're 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 the boss. Like we need you thinking big picture and moving us forward. You can't do that with all these fires. What are some fires I can put out for you? What can I do to make your life easier? Um, And part of that is, is you finding out what's important to your boss. What are the things that they need to spend their time focusing on and how can you serve them in that way? How can you create more room for them to do that? Um, Make their priorities part of your priorities Uh, and, and just try to make their life easier. And I know that sounds kind of weird or cliche, um, but, but, the more we can take off their plate, the better leader typically they're going to become. Yeah, I,
0: I love that. And I, you know, when I was an intern at Boston College, uh, it brings up a lot of um, kind of the things I learned there. And one was, um, you know, I would go into my boss most days and just be like, hey, is there anything I can help you out with today? He got me FaceTime with with him. It, it made an impression. I remember when, when I left, he's like, you know, I always admired how you'd kind of come in and and be willing to take something off my plate, whether it's big or small, because most people, especially in, this, in the sports business, they're, they're ambitious. They want to do things. They want more, more, more. Um, and sometimes that more, and more is a really tedious, maybe crummy project. Um, and that's not usually the one that, at the end of the day, that's not what you're picturing. But being able to do those things and kind of take this project and say, this is going to be one less thing you have to worry about. It. I'm going to handle it. It's not fun. It's not glamorous. I'm not going to get great attention for it. I'm not going to get great exposure for it per se, but that that will make a huge impact. So you know, ask that question, offer to do those, and then you know, implement and then do it and make sure it's done really, really well. Because if you can't handle those things, you're not going to get those bigger things. Um, and I think that's where some people fall into this kind of um, vicious cycle of thinking that they're not um, respected, but they really need to take the effort and put it on themselves to say, how do I how do I educate my leader? How do I educate my boss? How do I, um, tell my story? How do I, um, you know, bring them in? I think you always have to, if things aren't going well, I'd encourage people to kind of take that first look at themselves and say, you know, am I doing everything I need to do? And you also touched on knowing the boss, right? Like you've got to know what kind of makes them tick. Maybe it's what time is, um, is good to, to talk to them about something. Uh, you know, I've, I've had bosses who, come in early and that's the best time to get them. And so you'll make your point to kind of come in a little bit early that uh, day, if you want to spend some time with them before their day gets away. Um, but think about like what they work, what, what bothers them, what do they like, what are, you know, really spend some time thinking about who they are. Um, cause that really will help your
1: cause in, in knowing how to manage them and, and interact with them. Yeah. I think, you know, part of great leadership is becoming um, it's, it's, easy to become an expert in your field or in your work, whatever it may be. Um, great leadership is becoming an expert in your people, um, the people you manage to the side, people you manage down. And, and that includes your boss, becoming an expert in them so that you know exactly how to communicate with them, you know exactly who they are, what they're looking for, how they think, feel, you know, whatever you look on their face means in, in a team meeting. You know when they're like happy but hiding it, you know when they're stewing inside um, and you can speak directly to them because you you know them. And then you become a, not necessarily a trusted advisor, because they're going to have outside advisors that they, that they trust and, and look to, but a trusted member um, of of the team in, internally. And I, part of that is also seeing them as more than just the boss and for what their role is. Um, I can think back when I was in the healthcare world, uh, our, our president, there were three or four of us who um, we got into cycling, and so we, we'd go on bike rides every weekend, two or three hours, and it wasn't nobody was trying to gain favor. Um, he, he became a friend outside of work because we had um, common shared interests, but we were able to see him in a totally different context. Um, and that made us better at our jobs because we could see um, certain personality quirks that would come out in the office. Now they made sense because we saw him on bike rides and we, could, we knew how he thought because we'd talk about things. Rarely did we have conversations about work. It was about life. It was about politics, about parenting, community, whatever. Um, so we could really get insight into how he thought and how he functioned and what really made him tick. And that made all of us better in the office. Um, we could we could communicate better to our teams because we knew exactly what he meant when he said certain things that before we we're just trying to guess. Well, now we, we could see what he was really saying. Um, so I think that doesn't mean you're going to go out and play golf with with your boss or go have lunch with them all the time um, and be best friends outside of the office, but you've got to find ways um, to become an expert in them, to, to know who they really are. And most people aren't doing that with them. Um, the, most people interact with them as their role, but just to be able to say, like ask them about their kids, if they have kids, how are the soccer games this weekend, just different things. Um, to g- take the conversation to a, to a different level as we thinking about it from a gear perspective, get some third gear time um, with your boss, connecting with them in a, in a personal way as a way to lead them better, right? If you if you know them, you can lead them and you become a more trusted person of the team and, and they're, they're gonna start to see you as more of a leader as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another interesting kind of angle to this, I
0: think, and, and curious what your thoughts are, Kevin, on this is when the decision from above doesn't go the way you want it to be and you can use all these tactics, you can, the tactics makes it sound like we're try, trying to be ultra manipulative and that's, and that's not really the case, but you, 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 make these steps, you, you make an effort to understand where your boss is coming from. There's still going to be times when you disagree, right? There's still going to be times when the decision just doesn't make sense to you, um, and I think that's that's where a lot of these problems can really exacerbate. It can get really much worse um, if you, you know, especially, again, take this and, and really understand that there's nothing that's owed to you in this process. Um, there's nothing that's um, you can do all the right things and that doesn't entitle you to get every ask you, you make of your boss. Um, again, this sounds kind of, it's kind of a uh, tough love, but it, it needs to be kind of understood. And I think that's, uh, you know, as much ownership as you can take of it is, is ideal. But when that decision is not something you agree with, I think that's a, a time where your true color is really going to show. And I think your boss is going to notice that too. I think it's so important to present a unified front downward. So if you are managing people, even if those are just student interns or, or student workers or um, volunteers, you've got to have a united front. You've got to, you, know, you might be able to say up, up the command, the line of command, hey, I didn't, I didn't really like this. I didn't think this was the right call. But once that is implemented, you know, this is the way we're going, you need to be united. You need to, to present that. You need to take that decision as your own and, and own it and execute it to the absolute best of your ability. And I think that's another uh, super critical part of this.
1: Yeah, I think our generation maybe has an issue with submission, um, submitting to authority and, and respecting authority really is what that what that is. And you know, when we talk about five voices, we say every voice deserves to be heard. Every voice matters. What that doesn't mean is that every voice has the best idea. Right? Just because they listen to your idea doesn't mean you have the best idea. Or even if you do, it doesn't mean they they are necessarily going to go with your idea. I was with with a, a team recently, and their ID was saying, you know, we can disagree all day long in this room, and I want us to. Because the more we disagree, the better idea. Ultimately, we're going to have a better idea through that through that process. Um, I said, but once we leave this door, we're all on the same page. We are all in agreement, whether you like the decision or not. Once we step out this door and we communicate this to the rest of the organization, we're all in agreement. Um, and that's a, that seems really wrong for people. Like, no, I just it's it's just a bad decision. Well, that's not your decision to make. Um, and again, as long as it's not an unethical decision, um, you have to choose. My my thing with people is I can disagree with their decision as long as I trust their intent. And most of the time we should trust the intent of our leaders um, and organizations. After after all, we chose to work for those people. Um so we can say, you know what, like I wouldn't have done that, but I know his mind's in the right spot. Um he wants what's best. This may not work out, but it's certainly not gonna work out if we walk out the door and all badmouth it or I badmouth him behind his back. Then you've created division, then you've got an unhealthy culture, a gossip culture. But if you, want, if, if you want to be seen as a leader, and this is not being a yes man, this is just knowing, this is just being an adult and being mature and respecting leadership and authority and saying, and I don't have to agree with that to implement it or to execute it. Um, and like you said, I'm going to go execute it to the best of my ability and make sure my team does as well. If they have questions, I'll answer their questions without bad mouthing the leader or the process. Um, I'm going to defend them. Because like I said, when, once we leave the room, we're all on the same page now behind closed doors. You may come back in a week and say, "Hey, I told you then I didn't like it. It's still not, still not good with it. Um, but they're still going to see you implementing it, and that's a huge thing. Um, as you said, shows shows character, shows um, that you're willing um, to be a follower, right? And if you want to be a great leader, you have to learn how to be a follower and trust um, the boss when they're making decisions."
0: Yeah, you know, I mentioned kind of my some of my early experience. One of my one of the first athletics directors I have worked for was Gene T. Filippo at Boston College, and you know, one of the things he brought us in on when we started out there, you know, kind of our first week, he said, you know, you always have uh, you know two people that you really need to make happy in your life outside of a wife or you know a family uh, member, but it's it's yourself and it's your boss, and again, that can veer into this kind of sicko fancy yes man territory if you let it, if you let it but i think that's where being able to disagree well without being disagreeable whether to share that kind of feedback with people up to command behind closed doors, not at the cubicle uh, with somebody else you work with about, oh man, can you believe this decision? Or can you believe the, the you know, what we're doing with this, this plan is, is terrible, doesn't work, that stuff. And it's easy to fall into that. I think we've talked in, talked about this before. And some of the, the things when you're establishing yourself as a leader, your, your, um, your title, your position might not be above other people in your department or your organization who maybe don't, Take leadership seriously, and that can that can bring friction. Right? You can, oh, you're just so and so's guy. You're just so and so's kind of teacher's pet um, with the boss. And and you know you need to you need to think about how do you make the boss happy. But being a leader is not like you said being a yes man either. Um, you have to kind of walk that line and and being upfront, being honest, and being communicative. I think are the ways that 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 happens where you, they know you're not saying other things outside the room. They know you're not uh, spreading that kind of unrest. Because you can disagree with a lot of people and still, you can disagree a lot with a person and still have a great relationship and good working
1: relationship and good professional relationship with them. Well, I think it's it, it comes down to thinking if I were in the, the quote unquote leader chair, what what would I want? I would want people around me who were honest with me, who, who would challenge me when I screwed up in a way that would help me actually get better. Um, so I'd want to develop relationships enough to where, to where people could, could be open and, and talk with me. I'd want a team that disagreed with me, but respected me. And at the end of the day, implemented what needed to be done without gossiping, even, even when they didn't agree with it, that they would, we would have a strong enough relationship and have a strong enough amount of trust um, that they would, they would believe in my intent and the decision, even if they don't agree with the decision itself. And so it's, if that's what we would want as a leader, how can we build that for our leader? What, what are the things that we can do? Because a lot of us, we think we, and we've talked about this on previous podcast episodes where you want to wait until you're in that leader's chair to start being a quote-unquote leader. No, start doing things today to show that you're capable of and deserving of being in that chair. So start building those relationships, again, not just with the people that you manage and lead, but but leading up as well. Yeah, I mean, it, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? I mean, that's,
0: that's where a lot of this goes. You need to, when you get the opportunity to do something to take some work off your boss's plate, you have to do it really well. You have to do it in a positive way. You have to bring solutions to the table. When... It's not going as well. You need to show that same kind of leadership of saying, you know what, we're, we're going to all paddle in the same direction and, and we're going to get this done. And those things will, you know, I guarantee will make a big impact on, on people um,
1: that you work with, both, you know, parallel, below, and above. Absolutely. So I think this is a huge deal for, for people to embrace, um, to realize, as you said earlier, I love that it. we need to look at ourselves um if if we're if there's frustration or disconnect there let's look at ourselves how are we doing um in leading our boss we, we can't leave it all up to them how are we doing it? building connections how are we doing it? telling our own story um how are we doing it? building influence um and that's the most difficult place to do it is is in leading up but it's something that we must be intentional to do instead of just hoping that it happens so i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation on on what it looks like to lead up um, whether you have a great boss, a boss, you can get better, um, whatever your situation, I, th- I think it's really crucial that we lead up well. Um, it's a difficult thing to do, but, but hopefully we, we talk through some things that, that will help you guys out. Again, we talked
0: about it a lot. Uh, and I keep coming back to it, but I think it really is the biggest takeaway of how much of this relies on you. Don't let yourself be a victim of circumstance. Uh, don't let, you know, don't, don't be the, person out there complaining about your boss with your friends and oh they just don't get me and they never give me any respect and they don't understand where i'm coming from and all that you know that that is on you to tell that story to develop those relationships to educate up so take a good look in the mirror and, and and really do a nice and again a lot of these um episodes we talk about kind of stopping and doing an audit of of where we are on this in a really realistic really um honest way and i think that's a another good thing we can do after today
1: yeah, we, we often talk about this idea of know yourself to lead yourself, know your team to lead your team, and your boss is part of your team. So be intentional to know your boss, to connect with them, to know how they tick, to know what they value, to try to see things from their perspective so that you can learn to add value to them and make their life a little bit easier. So thanks for hanging out on episode 24 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, shoot us a, a message on Twitter, at Kevin DeShazo, at Mark underscore Hodgkin, um, leave a, a review Uh, on iTunes and and Google and SoundCloud, uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, And we'll be back episode 25. We'll We'll tackle the idea of comparison for leaders. So have a great day, have a great week, and we'll talk soon.